Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? Welcome to WGN Radio Theater. Special three-hour presentation. And your hosts, Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, it's uh, six minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater program, 434 in the series. It's October 27th. It's our official Halloween show, Lisa. It's our final official Halloween show, Yeah, Carl. we've been playing Halloween shows all through October. Yep. And we've had some uh, scary shows, some comedy shows. But tonight, until 1 o'clock in the morning, we will have two scary radio shows, including Inner Sanctum Mystery and Suspense. Sound good? It sounds great. All right. The show is brought to you in part by Cat's Pride. We play a game called Guess That Song. What is the year? We are on 1976. For... I wasn't even born yet. Yeah, I know, right? Gosh, yeah, I'm so young. You were close, though. You were mm-hmm. close. Um, we've got two great songs. I think you're going to be really happy with my choices. Are for they sure disco? I'm one of them. Are they disco? One of them is. Okay. So you, mm-hmm. It's a Carl song. We are going to be looking for caller number five. You can call right now at 312-981-7200. We will be giving away a Lumel Naughty's gift certificate. Wow. So that's exciting. Call now and we'll be right back after these words. Guess that song. Let's guess that song with Dennis. He's on the phone. Hey, Dennis. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Great. We're Dennis glad. has a much deeper voice than I do. <laughs> you sounded like Rick Hogan for a second. <laughs> I'm like, is that Rick <laughs> playing tricks on me? <laughs> Dennis, I'm glad you made it through. We're going to do a little uh, 1976. Uh, the first song is going to be uh, one of Carl's favorites. We're going to hear a few seconds right now. Oh, yeah. Don't, just a minute. Give Dennis a chance. <laughs> I am. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I, I know it's tough. Can you play that one more time? No, nope. nah, we can't. I, I got this, Carl. <laughs> we can only play it once. You want a little help from my co-host over here? Yeah. Okay, Carl. Right, so that's the Bee Gees. You should be dancing. Thank you. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, should have guessed that one. Right? This is a Carl song. So when the movie Saturday Night Fever hit theaters in December of 77. And I was there. And and you were there. The song was used in the famous scene where John Travolta takes over the dance floor. Yep. And you were probably picking over the movie did you see this movie in in the theater or do you see it later or what? Yeah, all right. All right, we've got one more. Carl, this may not be your favorite, but it's a great one. Let's hear number two. Okay, what do you think? That's right. This is a great Um, tune. Maybe I'm in Elton John mode still. Oh, boy. Uh, It's like, who, who? Yeah. Everybody knows. Nobody knows. Oh, nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody knows it. Nope, let's hear it. We'll hear it. You're close. Oh, There it is, Elton John, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. This is a duet with Elton John and Kiki D. It was written by by Elton John. Mm. Great tune. All 
right. Well, you did a great job, Dennis. You are the winner of a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza, our favorite here at WGN Radio Theater. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at LouMalnati's.com. Thanks a lot for calling in. You sound like Rick Hogan on the phone. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are great. Because oh, I thanks, listen to Dennis. it all night. I'm hooked to it. I can't help it. Oh, oh, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Stay with us for a little while tonight. I appreciate you very much, Dennis. Thanks Take for care. listening. Thank you guys very much. Okay, buddy. You got it. Um, you know, Lisa, if you need a co-host sometime, and I can't... Dennis I'm going to give Dennis a call. Dennis has got the... He's got the vocal uh, chops. chops. There you go. Jinx, I got there you. you. Go. Jinx. Uh, we have a text in line, 312-981-7200. We love getting your texts. I am reading all of your texts. Yep. I get them. I see them. I read them. I appreciate them. Yeah, you know what? We're here. We're in the studio broadcasting for you, and it's a great way to connect with us. We love to uh, hear what you're thinking about the show, any shows you want us to play for you, or any questions you want to send in, 312 312- Nine eight one seven two hundred. Well, Halloween is uh, almost upon us, Lisa. We have two scary radio shows in this uh, in this broadcast. We're going to start things off with Inner Sanctum Mystery. This came to radio in nineteen forty one. Hyman Brown created this show, and the host was Raymond. He opened the creaking door. That was kind of the trademark to the show, and it squeaked like crazy, and the door was just like. It was great because, you know, you were invited in to the inner sanctum. And then they would tell you a story. And a lot, a lot of times there were big-name stars on here. Boris Karloff, Peter Lorre, Mercedes McCambridge, and Mason Adams. This particular show has a big-name star, Raymond Massey. And the show is called Death Across the Board from June 5th, 1945. Part one now of Inner Sanctum Mystery. and Lipton Soup present Inner Sanctum Mysteries starring Raymond Massey Good evening, friends This is your host of the Inner Sanctum welcoming you to another half hour Gore galore. Come in, won't you, and sit down. No, 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 not there. You'll sit on Ezekiel. He wouldn't like that. Besides, you'd probably find him pretty cold. We've been keeping him on ice for about six months now. Huh? That noise? Oh, that's just his teeth chattering. No, not because he's cold, but because he's just finished going over tonight's story and... Well... I guess you could call him a scared stiff. <laughs> Goodness, is the story really going to be so scary? Do you mean that lots of people are going to be murdered? Yes, Mary, but don't worry. We're only killing people who've never been killed before. All right, friends. Now get ready for a surprise. Tonight's story is called Death Across the Board. It's an original radio play by Robert Newman. And our star is that famous dramatic actor of stage and screen, Raymond Massey, who will play the role of John Strang. If you like to play games, your life, and even your soul, on one throw of the dice or the turn of a card, oh, you don't care for such high stakes, eh? 
Well, did it ever occur to you, by living, you're playing such a game, and that your opponent was death? Tonight, I'm going to tell you a story about a man who sat in death's place, playing with human lives, and of what happened to him. It is about ten o'clock on a sultry summer evening, and Dr. John Strand is standing in front of the window of a pawn shop in the oldest part of the city. On a sudden impulse, he pushes open the door. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Is there anything I can do for you? No, thank you. If you don't mind, I'd just like to look around. By all means. I just thought if there was something in particular... Oh, I really didn't have anything special in mind. I just thought... Hello. Ah, my chess set. Yes, a very interesting set. And a very interesting game you're playing. My dear sir, you have no idea how interesting. Whose move? White's. Then White should win in six moves. That, sir, is very much open to question. Well, perhaps we can play sometime. How much for this set? It's not for sale. Oh. Too bad. Yes. However, if you're interested in chess and chessmen, I know of a set that I think might appeal to you. It's an Arabian set. 12th or 13th century ivory. The white pieces are Saracen warriors, and the black pieces are crusaders. Do you have it here? Unfortunately, no. It's not very far away. You thought you'd like to see it. Well, if it's not too outrageously expensive, then you're sure it's no bother? My dear sir, don't give it another thought. I'd be most anxious for your reactions, even if you don't buy. The address is 23 Valen Place. It's down two blocks and one to your right. Go up one flight and ask for feelings. Tell him that Raphael sent you. 23 Valen Place. Up one flight... Ask for Felix. I'll phone him and tell him to expect you. Your name is? Strand. Dr. John Strand. Very good, Dr. Strand. Somehow I have the feeling we shall see each other again. Perhaps we should even have the chance to play that game you mentioned before. Who's that? Who's that? Felix? I said, who's there? My name's Strand. Raphael sent me over here. He said he'd phone you and... Just a second. How do you do? I hope I'm not disturbing okay, you. Okay, come on in. And stick him up. What? I'm afraid there must be some mistake. Sure is, Bob, and you made it, thinking you could come here and take me this way. But this is ridiculous. I said I... stick him up. Keep him up or I'll let you have it right now. What for? Because I said so, that's what's for. Uh, uh, let go of me. My gun! You drop that gun or drop it, you hear? My wrist. I asked you. Sure, let you have it right away. Oh, oh. Okay. Now get up and tell me what this is all about. I said get up and. Felix. Dead. He. He's dead. A 
Hello? Phoenix? I... I'm sorry, but he can't come to the phone right now. Oh, Strand. Congratulations. What? Who is this? This is Raphael. Now do you think it's possible for White to win in five moves? What? What do you mean? You killed him, didn't you? Of course you did. Or you wouldn't be speaking to me now. May I suggest that you go through Felix's pockets, take out the most interesting thing you find there, and bring it to my shop? What? Hello! Hello! Rayfield! Go through his pockets. I've got to get to the bottom of this, find out what it's all about. A wallet. Keys and... A chessman. A black rook. All right, Mr. Raphael. I think perhaps I'll take you up on that. I will go back to your shop. Good evening, sir. Can I help you? Yes. Where's Raphael? Oh, I'm sorry. He's not in right now, but... Are you Dr. Strand? I am. I'm Alice Hines. He must have been expecting you. He asked me to give you this. What is it? I don't know, but I... Another chessman. A white knight. Oh, yes. Mr. Raphael is quite a chess player. He's more than that. He's a murderer. What? What do you mean? He sent me to see someone, a man named Felix, to look at a chess set. When I got there, he pulled a gun on me and... Well, when I tried to get it away from him, it went off. And killed him. Oh, no. Don't look so surprised and innocent. You work for him. You must know what it's all about. There must be some mistake, some horrible mistake. A mistake, eh? Then why did he phone Felix's while I was there? How did he know he'd been killed? Why did he laugh about it? Tell me to come here. Well, I... I don't know, but I, I can't believe that about him. I won't. No? Well, we'll see what the police have to say about it. Where's the phone? Back there. But if you're serious about it, you don't have to bother calling them. Riley just went past here a few minutes ago. There he is, up at the corner. Fine. That'll save some time. Officer! Oh, officer, would you... Good. Good Lord. Someone shot him. That, that woman hiding behind that car there. The woman in black. She's coming in here. Don't just stand there. Get inside and shut the door. You shot Riley. You killed him. Six months I've been trying to find out who got Ben. Now I can rest in peace. Where's Raphael? Raphael? He's the one that got the dope for me. Told me how to knock the cop off. Told me to come in here afterwards. Well, Mrs. Hines? Why are you looking so funny? Say, whose side are you on, anyway? Not ours, my dear. Not ours. Well, that's it. I just took it for granted you were working for Ray. Okay, get him up and keep him up. What'll I do with him, Rayfield? Where are you, anyway? Oh, I'm around here someplace. As to what to do with him, I leave that to your discretion. After all, they are witnesses. Yeah. That's right. May I recommend the cellar? Right through that door there. It's secluded and quiet. Okay. Get moving. I repeat, Miss Hines. 
Well? It's fantastic. What are you going to do to us? You can't be that dumb, baby face. Six months I've been wearing black for the only guy I ever loved. I finally get the guy that got him. You think I'm going to leave the two of you around to put the finger on me? You're going to kill us? You cannot. No. Seems to me I did a pretty neat job on that flat foot. After all, I can't burn you more than once. Okay, open that door and go on down. Allow me, madam. Never mind, wise guy. You go down first. Then baby face. It's not very good manner. No, but... I'm not going to let you do it. Give me that. Oh, no, you fool. Let it go. Down after. Now, hurry. Watch while I get the gun. I didn't mean to do it. I was just trying to get the gun, but she tripped. She fell. It's strange. Why is she lying there so funny? Her head. Let's see. Huh? Her neck's broken. She's dead. Oh, no. It means I killed her. Not any more than it means I killed Felix. Look. Here, lying next to her. Isn't that another chess piece? The Black Queen. Wait. He gave me one just like that when I first came to work for him. Only it was a white one. What? Black Queen, White Queen, White Knight, and... No. It's impossible. And still... You've thought of something. It's too incredible. But I've had a certain nightmare vision that... Come on. We're going to the police. Maybe it's our move now. That's the first portion of Inner Sanctum Mysteries. More after these words. All right. We are back. And uh, we're listening to a very scary radio show, Inner Sanctum Mystery. And, uh, yeah, we got to listen to a lot of scary shows this month. Suspense, which we have a, a suspense episode a little later. We heard uh, uh, Murder at Midnight. We heard Escape. And uh, a bunch of great scary shows, right, Lisa? Right, but next Because you're scary. I'm scary. You're a little scary you're very yourself, scary. Big Shot. We've got our regular programming back next weekend. We do? We do. What do we have? Well, I know uh, we have a shortened show on Saturday night. Oh, right. We are only on for one hour. Oh, so that's we will right. be on from 1 till 2 a.m. Yeah, uh, Saturday. Jack Benny. And we've got Jack Benny program. It's right. a great show. It's a, of course, Ray Meland is host. Exactly. Uh, I, I should say a special guest. Right. And what on Sunday? And what on Sunday? What do we have on Sunday? <laughs> on Sunday. What we got on Sunday? Uh, what we have on Sunday <laughs> is um, The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. Oh, yeah. And we have Screen Directors Playhouse. Mm-hmm. And we have... No, this is too many shows. No, that's two shows. We only have two shows on Sundays. And Dr. Christian in Suspense? What's going on here? What's that? I don't know. <laughs> you messed up. No, I didn't mess up. You know what? I don't think this reflects that we're only on one hour. Oh, right. So we are not going to... Oh, I see. Okay, so Saturday night we just Jack have Benny. the Jack Benny program, and on Sunday we have Dr. Christian and Suspense. That's Those right. two shows. And the other ones we'll put back in the rotation for another day. That's right. We will. Thank you. And you know what we're going to do right now? Yes, I do. What? We're going to get right back to Inner Sanctum Mystery from January 5th, June 5th, 1945. Well, live and learn. I always had an idea that I wouldn't like chess, that it was a pretty slow game. But here we've only been playing for about 15 minutes and we've chalked up three corpses already. (laughs) Well, let's go back to our game of chess. 
and our star, Raymond Massey, who's playing the role of John Strand. It's about a half hour later now. Dr. Strand and Alice Hines are sitting in a bare, quiet room, the chief's office at police headquarters. For the past ten minutes, Strand has been talking steadily, describing everything that has happened. So you each bumped someone off, eh? And you've come to give yourselves up. We certainly did not come here to give ourselves up, Chief. I told you that in both cases it was self-defense. We're here because there's a madman loose, a homicidal maniac. No, there's more to it than that. Much more. Yeah? What? It just came to me a little while ago. There was something strangely familiar about this Rayfield, and... Did you ever hear of Rayfield Norbert? No. He was one of the greatest chess players the world has ever known. About five years ago, he disappeared. Well, he's playing another chess game now. The maddest game that ever was. Is there a map of the city around? Right there on the wall. Let's see. Now, here's Rayfield's shop, and... Yes, this would be it. This section of the city here, eight blocks each way. This is his chessboard. And human beings, people like Alice and I, are his chessmen. What? John. I know it sounds fantastic. But I think it's true. When he sent me to Felix's, he told me to go down two blocks and one to the right. That's the move of the knight. In other words, he had cast me as one of the white knights in his crazy game. Alice was the white queen. He himself was the black king, and so on. He just lined up all these people, said, you play this piece, you play that, and... and... That was the beauty of the game. The fascinating, exciting part to him... No one knew that they were playing in it, but he. For instance, Felix didn't know that he was a black rook any more than I knew I was a white knight. But his black pieces were all criminals of some sort who wouldn't hesitate to kill. And it was by killing that one piece took another. You see, that was the ultimate refinement. The thing that made this the greatest game Norbert has ever played. He could plan a move, but he had no way of telling which piece would take which. For instance... I killed Felix instead of his killing me. In other words, he was not only playing his game against law and order, against society, but he was matching his brains against that of every piece in the game. Against law and order, eh? I got this in the mail a couple of weeks ago, without any letter or anything. How would it fit in with your theory? The White King. Of course. He's cast you in the role of the White King. In other words, he's playing this game principally against you. Now do you believe this, Mr. Adams? Do you? I don't know. It's possible, I suppose. We've been having a funny kind of crime wave lately. Killings without any apparent... Hello? Hello, Chief. Volante speaking. Down at the corner of 3rd and Sycamore, and there's something kind of screwy going on. Hello? Hello? Volante? What's the matter? One of our detectives calling from 3rd and Sycamore. Said there was something screwy on, and then... Well, sounded like somebody got him. I'll make sure about this before you answer, but... Would this be part of what you were talking about? Let's look at the map again. Third and Sycamore. That would be in the area that's Rayfield's chessboard. Yes, I think it is. Okay, come on. We're going down there. There he is, lying next to the call box. Dead. 
Stabbed. Look there, lying next to him. Another chess piece. A pawn. A white pawn. Of course. If you're the white king, then all your men would be pawns. Pawns, huh? They're the pieces that get pushed around, aren't they? Well, they're the ones that are usually sacrificed. Two of my men. Riley and Valenti. Okay, Strand, you're a chess player. You think you can figure out what this Rayfield character is going to do next? Tell me how I can meet him? I might. I only got a very quick look at the board. But if I can remember the location of the pieces... You mean he's actually got a board set up showing where all the pieces, where everybody is? There's one set up on a little table right next to his desk. No one's allowed to touch it. That's the one. And it was because I noticed it, commented on it, that I got involved in this nightmare. I think I do remember the position of all the pieces that were left. But of course, some moves may have been made since I saw it last. Well, what are we fooling around for? Let's go to that shop and make sure. All dark. Doesn't look as if anyone's in the store. Locked, all right. You got a key, haven't you, Alice? No, Raphael never gave me one. He always locked up himself. Well, what do we do? Two of my men killed and you ask me something like that. Look out. Okay, where's the light? Right here. There's the chessboard over there. I know. Let's take a look at it. This is all there is to the place? Except for the cellar. I... Oh, she must still be down there. That woman in we'll black... We'll down there later. Well, Strand. Well, at the moment, Black seems to have the edge on us. Several moves have been made, and we've lost several pieces. But we've still got a the fair chance... winning that game. Where's this Raphael guy, the Black King? What's he going to do next? Just give me another minute or two, will you? The Black King is still in his own square, which would seem to mean that Raphael was still here someplace. The thing is, I'm not sure whose move it is now. You're right, Strand. I am still here. And it's my move. What in thunder? It's him speaking over some kind of loudspeaker system. Maybe from the cellar. From the cellar, huh? Well, I'm going to... Where are you? Over here. Are you all right? I think so. What was it? What happened? He must have had the place mined or set a booby trap, and when Adams went to open the cellar door, he... Where is Adams? I'm not sure, but I think he's over there. I must have some matches someplace. Here. Under that beam. There. Help me lift it off. He's pretty badly hurt. Just let me get a few tourniquets tied on him. And we better get him to a hospital. This way. The emergency ward's right in there. How do you know? Well, I ought to. I interned here. Funny. There's no one around. Well, let's put him right there. On the table. I... Gently. That's it. Hello? This is Dr. Strand speaking from the emergency ward. I've got a very severe accident case here. Is there anyone around who can take care of him? What about surgery? Crandall? Oh, fine. Will you ask him to get down here as soon as possible? Thanks. The chap I used to know just finishing an operation. He'll be down in a few minutes. Will there still be time? Yes, I think so. We'll have to give him a transfusion once we get him patched up. 
I'll start scrubbing up myself in case Crandall needs a hand. Isn't there anything I can do? Just keep your eye on him, the tunics particularly. It'll be too bad if he lost any more blood. Right. He's still unconscious, but... Oh, hello, Crandall. That was quick. I'll be glad you were here. It's a pretty serious case. Adams, the chief of police. An explosion. Oh? If we don't work fast, we may lose him. Shock. Possible concussion. Right axillary artery severed. I've got a tourniquet on. I'll be finished scrubbing up in a minute and give you a hand. Take your time. No hurry. I'll just... What? What are you doing? Removing the tourniquet. Wait, I'm not ready with the ligatures yet. Or... You're not Crandall. You're... You're Raphael. Right, Strand. Raphael Norbert. Dr. Crandall is still in surgery. Locked in, as a matter of fact. I put on this mask and gown, not because I thought it would fool you. Because, well, somehow it just seemed appropriate. But it can't be you. You were in the shop. No, Strand. You're thinking of my voice. It was coming over a loudspeaker system from next door. If you're thinking of my position on the board, you forget. I hadn't made my move yet. Raphael, I don't know why you've done all this, and I don't care why. But you've got to let us do something about Chief Adams. All that bloody... Yes, Rachel, for heaven's sake. Don't move, either of you. I want to have to shoot. I sincerely hope it won't be necessary. After all, when the chief of police dies, the game will be over. And a most interesting game it's been. But haven't there been enough deaths? You're very sentimental, my dear. I'm afraid you never would make a good chess player. Pieces have been taken, that's all. Raphael, suppose we just give up. Say you've won. That's right, Raphael. We'll seed you the game. But let me do something about Adams. There's still time. I've got everything ready here. All the instruments. No, Strand. This is one game I won't have seeded. That I insist on having played out to the last move. If that's the way you want it, all right. If I'm not mistaken, it's my move now. The formaldehyde won't help them any. Here's his gun, Alice. Watch him while I get these tourniquets back on Adams. Do you think you can still save Yes. His pulse is weak, but I think we can still save him. As for you, Raphael, you made one bad mistake. You forgot that three of us came to your shop. The White King, White Queen, and White Knight. That would put you in check. Hey, Bowstrand. I felicitate and congratulate you. If I'm to lose, I prefer to lose in my own way. Watch your... Oh! He went through the window. There's a railroad underpass right outside. A drop of about 60 feet. I think that's game, match, and tournament. you mean the game's over already? But that's impossible. We've still got some characters left, at least three of them that haven't been killed off. We've been robbed, and I think we ought to call for a return match. Let's take a vote on it there. All those in favor? One, two, three. (laughs) That's funny. It came out just the way it did for our friend Raphael. The uh, eyes got it. 
<laughs> Heavens, let's not have another game of chess. Yes, Mary. Now do you see why they call the pieces chess men instead of women? Oh, this game's too rough for women. It certainly is rough. <laughs> Before I say goodnight, a word of advice. If you should ever get into a chess game with a stranger and you happen to notice that he's got a meat axe on his lap, don't get up and run. Just make sure that there's someone else around to help pick up the pieces. <laughs> oh, by the way, this month's inner sanctum mystery novel is Lay That Pistol Down by Richard Powell. And now it's time to close the squeaking door until next Tuesday. So, good night. Pleasant dreams. Tune in next Tuesday night for another Inner Sanctum Mystery. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, that is Inner Sanctum Mystery from June 5th, 1945, Death Across the Board. And that starred a very famous actor, Raymond Massey, also in the cast, Jackson Beck. Very deep voice, Jackson Beck. He played Philip, uh, I should say, Philo Vance on radio. And Paul McGrath was heard as our host there. Uh, hope you enjoyed that CBS radio broadcast of Inner Sanctum Mystery. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. Okay, Lisa. What, Carl? Why do skeletons have such low esteem? Oh, I don't know. Why do skeletons have such low esteem? Because they have no body to love. Oh, yeah, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here, this one came from a listener. It says, yeah. um, why are ghosts always drunk? I like this one. I don't know. Because they are always full of booze. Ah, that's, cute. that's good. Hang that's on. Sweet. That's good. Know why skeletons, <laughs> do you know why skeletons are so calm? Uh, they're so calm, uh, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> because nothing gets under their skin. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right, I have a question for oh, you. Oh, you do? I do. Ask away. If I came trick-or-treating at your house... All right, let me see, envision this. Okay. What are you wearing? <laughs> you can't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a hypothetical. I know. It just so what are you funny. wearing? You're really, okay. Are you wearing a, some kind of a costume? Yeah. Well, I'm definitely not naked. I'm definitely wearing a I costume. I didn't think that. <laughs> so what are you wearing? Well, I don't know. You have to leave it up in like your imagination. Like a nurse's outfit? Definitely not. <laughs> are you I won't a candy be a striper? Are you a, a candy nurse. striper? I won't be a schoolgirl or a nurse for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you'd get a bigger uh, candy. A you'd bigger get, what? You'd get more candy. <laughs> Would I? You'd get a bunch. You'd get the, you know, they have the little size candies and they uh-huh. have the bigger. If you were a candy striper or a nurse's outfit or something like that, right. I'd give you like a bunch of candy. Oh, well, there's some other things I could be. I'm going to let you imagine whatever you want right, as so I come to the door. Imagine what you I will. I see you as Hi, my little pretty. I bet you do. Hi. All right, so I come to your door. Fine. I come to your door in my witch's you. costume. Right. And I, I ring the doorbell and I say, trick or treat, will I get junior mints at the door? No. <laughs> junior mints? Yeah. There has never what, been a junior mint in my house. What if I told you those were my favorite and I was coming to trick or treat? Well, that's different because uh, I have time to prepare. But <laughs> I give out Snickers. I have Snickers. I love Snickers. I like Reese's. 
Peanut oh butter. God, you know what? Love Reese's okay, peanut butter. Okay, here's the thing, and I know this sounds crazy, but there are so many kids that are allergic to peanut butter. Oh, you really have to yeah, be careful. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. With peanut butter and just in the same bowl. I know it sounds crazy. That's true. Things I don't know. I didn't you can't think about even that. keep it next to anything because if you have a peanut allergy, you literally can't take anything from that bowl. You're telling me if that. there's Reese's in the bowl. All right, so I'm like a Snickers guy. Of course, there's peanuts Milky and Snickers way. too. Just so you know, Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Rolls are the cheapies. Yeah, but I mean, no, I give, I give the those big are the ones. cheap guys. I give the big ones. They're still cheapies. And then I, and then I give out um, Chunkies, little Chunkies. Ew. Those are my favorite. And those... Raisinets. Those are the best. Oh, Raisinets are the wow. best. You know what's really good? I'll tell you what's a really good one. When you buy the Hershey's bag and they're the miniatures and they're all the different ones yeah, because there's a special dark too. and the milk Gosh. chocolate and the cream. I the love cra- Hershey's chocolate. What's the one with the little Rice Krispies in it? Mm-hmm. The crackle? Yeah. Those, that's a really good Forgot mix. What name and there's name a is. crackle. Is that what it is? The red crackle? ones are cr- crackle. Really? Yeah, the red okay. ones are crackle. Mm-hmm. There's the brown Hershey's and there's like the reddish special dark. Nah. Those are the best I ones. I don't like dark chocolate. I do. I know you do. I like milk chocolate. <laughs> this is where we differ. <laughs> we differ in a <laughs> lot of ways. This is the only place that we differ. We differ in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only so one. So your favorite are Junior Mints? I love Junior Ugh. Mints. And I like Hershey's Special Dark. Peppermint Patty and all that. Peppermint Patties. And, and I like Special Dark from Hershey's. Those no. would be the three best. No, no, no. So, <laughs> so what do you do? Get a bottle of Roma Wines. Right. Roma Wine and then your uh, Hershey's, I mean, uh, your Peppermint You know patty. what the best dinner is? Hmm. On Halloween, I just what? texted that to my husband. It's Chipotle night because if you wear, <laughs> she, you love Chipotle. If you wear a costume, yeah. I think um, a bowl or a burrito. I get a bowl is three dollars. Uh huh. So you can afford it. Three bucks. Three bucks you can handle. You know, you put some like witch ears on, or like what am I talking about? Like some kind of ear. You put anything on a and baseball cap, bucks. and it's three bucks. Wow. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you save money. <laughs> this has the radio all the business. angles. <laughs> all right. In our next hour, we have uh, a really great episode of Suspense called Short Order, and it stars Gerald Moore. Gerald, Gerald Moore was not necessarily a big name, but he was on a lot of radio shows, and he played uh, Philip Marlowe for a while. So stick around for that. I like the one that they uh, just sent in, the, the listener sent in one. Okay. Um, this is Why Did Dracula Become a Vegetarian? Why did Dracula become a vegetarian? The doctor told him that the steaks are bad for his heart. Now that's a good that's joke. Cute. It's clever. Yeah, it's very clever. We got a, a good, uh, great listener here helping me out. So, in <laughs> in in all uh, in, in all seriousness, okay. What are you going to be for Halloween? Are you, are you going to ask me what I'm wearing again? No, I really <laughs> want to know. What are you going to dress as? You know, Do you know? I, I have a few options. I actually don't know. Oh. I'm I'm still vacillating uh-huh. on that. I'll on right. Thursday maybe I'll take a picture and I'll then I'll know. I mean I think our listeners would like to see what you're wearing for Halloween. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, sure. All right. Well, we'll see if we can come up with something. I've okay. got a few. I think I know what I'm going to be. I'm actually going Baseball Friday. <laughs> no, Friday Friday night. My son and I are going to Mago, which is a great restaurant in. Um, uh, Barrington. We're going to go there. It's a party. It's like a. It's a going to have a Halloween party. But it's over. No, Halloween's no, I know. On Thursday. I know, but they're having a, p- a party Friday for Hall- one day later. Okay. And we're going to dress up, and we're each going to wear our baseball I uniforms. <laughs> Shocker! <laughs> because that's, that's what, what I have. that's what I wear. We're going to go right. there and uh, enjoy. Is he going to wear a baseball uniform too? I hope so. 
I'm going to wear mine. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of baseball, you know, I'm very, um, very proud to say my team won the whole shebang. Yeah, we won the whole tournament out in Arizona. That's why I wasn't here last weekend. We won the world championship out there in Arizona. Well, Dave and I were sure you were getting plastic surgery on the on the other side. No, we went nine and zero. We went <laughs> nine and zero. It was yeah. a great trip. You did a great I'm gonna job. Going to get my World Series ring and everything. Lisa, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't oh, wait to see. I'm, I got sized for it, and I'll have it in March. It's going to be fun. All right, in this hour, we're going to tune into suspense. Oh, great episode. Gerald Moore starring in Short Order from 1945. But right now it's time to play our game, Cat's Pride-sponsored Guess That that Song. song, Right? This is our last song from 1976. These are two great songs. I'm really happy with them. We're going to to be looking for caller number three. So you can call right now, 312-981-7200. We will be giving away a desktop indoor weather station, the prize that Carl will never have. Call now and we'll be right back. Guess that song. We're going to guess that song. We're going to do that with Michael, who is on the line right now. Hi, Michael. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Hi, Michael. I'm fine, thanks. Good. Are you familiar with 1976 songs? I am. All right. Born in 1963, so go ahead. All right. These are two great songs. I'm really happy with my selection. We're going to hear the first one right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love that song. Do you know that that one, one. Michael? I know the artist that would be Bachman Turner Overdrive. It's not. Oh. But you. Yeah, do you know it, Carl? Yeah, I think it's called Feel the Reaper. It, 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 what did you say it's called? Reaper? Uh, feel, feel the Reaper. It's Fear. Fear, the Reaper. fear. Oh, I thought fear. it was Feel. Okay. <laughs> it's Fear the Reaper. Fear that's the Reaper, yeah. Fear the Reaper. Okay. Blue Oyster Cult. Let's yeah, hear, Blue let's Oyster hear. It's Cult. It's a great song. Sounds like he's saying Feel. Yeah, but it wouldn't make sense. No. Well, if the Reaper hit you over the head with a sickle, you'd feel him. But I think they're saying, don't fear the Reaper. And if you knew what this was about, now the lyrics were inspired by Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Wow. Right? Didn't know that. Right. A couple who had faith that they would be together after their death. You know why I never really liked this band, though? Because I don't like seafood that much, so I couldn't ever eat uh, blue oysters. Okay, moving on. Let's hear song number two. Okay, he knows that. Michael Michael knows that. Yes, I do. That would be uh, Dancing Queen. Dancing Queen by. Who is it by, Carl? Is it like Abba or something? It's Abba. Let's hear it. That's right. Disco. Oh, I can't. I disco to this. I thought you did. You're still discoing right now to this. <laughs> this is some great song. I was wearing my platform shoes. I know you were. To this song. So this was conceived as a dance song, and the working title of this song, ready, was Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Yeah. Hmm. I, don't, I couldn't tell you why, but Boogaloo. Remember the bump when you would dance and you did the bump? Remember <laughs> I, that? I remember it. I Michael, don't recall actually doing it. Do you remember that? <laughs> the bump? Only from, only from TV shows and, and movies. Oh, yeah. I did the bump. <laughs> okay. We don't want to hear about your bumping. <laughs> Mike, 
<laughs> so sorry. Michael, you're the winner. You have won the desktop indoor weather station is brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling, the 16-Minute Men. Visit AmericanWeathermakers.com. Thanks a lot for playing. You did a great job. It was a lot of fun. Way to go, Michael. Uh, you too. Thank you. Take Thanks, care. Buddy. All right. Enjoy your prize. Uh, Michael's a big winner. We have a text in line, 312-981-7200. We love getting your texts. I am getting so many great Halloween texts and mm. jokes and photos. Thank you all. I really appreciate it. I'm having a lot of fun reading them. You better let me know and our listeners know what you wore this Halloween. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody besides you wants to know. I mean, know. don't go to the standard, you know, green uh, makeup and your, you know, your regular look. The, you know, <laughs> the, what you look like yeah. I usually look with, every day. <laughs> with the broom. Don't go with that. <laughs> with the warts all over I'll my face. I'll get you my pretty and your little dog, too. All right, I'll Don't see do, what I can. Uh, change it up a little. Okay, I'll see what I can come <laughs> up with, but I'm wondering if you might be the only person wondering what I'm wearing yeah, on no, Thursday. Yeah, people want to know what you're wearing, All right, I well, think. Um, you have to take a photo, too, on Thursday. I will. Or Friday, well, or whenever think, it is that you dress up. I don't think I'm up. dressing up Thursday. I'm okay, dress, Friday. Going to this party. All right. And I'll be in my Cub uniform, probably. Okay. Yeah. Well, I won't be or looking one for of you my, there. Or one of my baseball uniforms. Okay, I will I've got a lot either. of baseball uniforms. Mm. I've been kicked off a lot of teams. I bet you have. So I have lots and <laughs> lots of... I'm not surprised to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, time now for Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills, Suspense. This came to radio in 1942 and lasted all the way to 1962. It was considered by many as the best mystery drama series of the golden age of radio. And what was so cool about Suspense is it had a very large budget. And because it had a large budget, it not only had the best writers, producers, directors, had a full orchestra, but it had the big name movie stars. The movie stars all appeared on Suspense. You name it. Humphrey Bogart, Cary Grant, uh, you know, Henry Fonda, Jimmy Stewart, Orson Welles, Betty Davis, Myrna Loy. I mean, you name it, they appeared on Suspense. And uh, it was on the air 20 years, nearly a 1,000 radio broadcasts. That's insane. That's a lot of broadcasts. That sure is. And then it made a transition to television in 1949. Um, so it was just a real uh, amazing show. And you're going to hear a good one. August 16th, 1945. Original broadcast date, sponsored by your favorite potent potable, Roma Wines. I mean, Lisa goes nowhere without her Roma Wine. That's the best. And Gerald Moore stars in this. It's called Short Order. Here's part one of Suspense. Now, the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California presents... Suspense. Tonight, Roma Wines bring you Short Order, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills, is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A. Roma Wines, those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live to your happiness in entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant, as Roma Wines bring you Short Order, a remarkable tale of suspense. Thank you very much. Come back. 
Bailey's Diner. Oh, this is Mr. Bailey speaking. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you're just a little late on that. Well, I hired a fry cook day before yesterday. I'm sorry I forgot to tell the newspaper to stop running that ad until this morning. I got a good man. No, no, one man's all I need. Just got a small place here. That's all right. Goodbye. <laughs> you see that, Johnson? You better keep on your toes. Plenty of people after your job. You're not careful, you know. Something might... Well, what's the matter? Don't you want to take my money? What? Oh, sure. Yes. Yes, of course, sir. 75 out of one. Five, one. Thank you. Okay. Hey, Johnson. Johnson, good Lord, did you see that man's face? Yeah, you're telling me. It's enough to haunt your dreams. Kind of made you nervous, didn't you, Mr. Bailey? Well, after all, it's kind of a shock to look up and see you. Yeah, I... I noticed you hung kind of close to that gun you keep under the gas register. Did I? Automatic reflex, I guess. Oh, poor guy. I ought to be ashamed. Probably got that way in an explosion accident or something, you know? Yeah, looks like a plastic surgery job. Only some doctor like Frankenstein must have done the surgery. Yeah. Yeah, here you are. Enjoy this. Oh, thank you. Come back. Yeah. Yes, sir. He liked your cooking, too, Johnson. Two deluxe sandwiches, two coffees. You know, that's not bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> Seems to me business has been picking up ever since you started working here. Just thought you'd like to know. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you like this work, Johnson? Yeah, it'll do. The hours kind of get me sometimes, and when the rush hour starts in half an hour, I can't pretend I'll be liking it. But it's all right. Sure. Well, someday you'll have a place of your own. Be your own boss. Never get anywhere working for someone else, you know. Well, I'm doing okay now, Mr. Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never go hungry for lack of a job. You're too good a cook. But your own business. Now, you take me. I'm doing well, even if I do say so. People come here to eat. All right, I see that they get them. <laughs> yeah, it makes you feel pretty good having your own place. Makes the saving and the scraping seem sort of worthwhile. You seem to get the business. Well, of course, you got a terrific location. Well, this place has a name that means something. At least I think it has. As a matter of fact, there was a man in here trying to buy it just last week. That's so? That's right. Real estate agent. Name of Sloan. Had a customer. Well, who's his customer? Oh, I don't know. But I told him I didn't want to sell. Oh, here, how about opening that refrigerator door for me, will you? Okay. Thanks. No, I'm not going to sell. Couldn't afford to. I'm not in a position to retire. The way things are, it'd be too hard to start up somewhere else. Uh-oh. Well, here we go again. Good evening. Evening? Uh, yes, sir. What'll it be? Uh, special, I reckon. Right. Coffee. Oh, Hi. good evening, sir. <laughs> Is it still chilly out? Oh, yeah, a little. Thought some of your chili would warm me up. <laughs> get it? <laughs> I get it, yeah. Chili, oh, yeah. coming up. Oh. <laughs> Bailey's place. Oh, Virginia, what's... Uh... What? What? All the windows? Well, who could possibly... Well, where were you? Well, now, why would anyone want... Oh, no, no, none of those kids would do a thing like that. They're nice kids. Yeah, hoodlums, I guess. Well, I don't, I don't know what you can do. Got no witnesses or anything. You sure it was rocks, huh? Well, I guess there's nothing you can do. Well, I, I wish I could, too, but I, I got to stay here. All right, dear, yes, uh... 
All right. Goodbye. Bad news, Mr. Bailey? Darnest thing. Hoodlums or something. It just broke every window in my house. I, I don't know what to hey, think. Hey, Ed Bailey, there's a new kind of bread you got here? Better than usual. Oh, you like it? Yeah. Well, it costs a little more. Oh, good e- Good evening. Hello? Hello. Yes. Yes, sir. What'll it be? Hamburger and coffee. Right. How do you have the hamburger? Well done. Cream in the coffee? No. Black. Yeah, right. Hey. Hey, Bailey, come here a minute. Oh, yes, uh, uh, pardon me, will you, please? Hey. Did you see the face on that fellow that came in a minute ago? Yes, I did. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Bad? I'll say. Boy, I can stand a lot of things, but that gets me. Well, I've left half my meal on my plate. I was enjoying myself until that came in and sat over there. And I didn't want anything more. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, look, don't pay. Don't no, pay. no, no. It's not your fault. Maybe mine. Gee, how do you suppose he got that way? Oh, a burn, perhaps, or maybe some other kind of accident. I, I, I wouldn't know. Oh, boy, that's the worst I ever saw. It's too bad, whatever happened. Sure. Well, yeah, too bad. Yes, it is. Catch it. Okay. Here you are. What? This little paper cup, where's the bottle? Uh, I'm sorry, but ketchup's hard to get. That's all we can serve anybody. Oh, profiteers. Will there be anything more? No. Okay. You check and pay at the desk. Thank you. Hey, Mr. Bailey. Yes, Johnson. How's your luck? Oh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Why? The way I figure, somebody around here is sure going to need plenty of luck. Why? I don't know. I just got a feeling. If that isn't bad luck for somebody sitting back there at the counter, I'll eat this grill here. And I never saw a recipe for making a steel grill tender. We'd better order some more pork tomorrow, Mr. Bailey. We're running low, are we, Johnson? Yeah, a little. If they keep hitting our barbecues the way they have so far this evening, I'm sure we'll be needing it. All right, I'll make a note of it. Lucky we got any unspoiled meat left after that guy was in here twice yesterday. I thought the milk had sour. Bingo. Just like that when he looked at it. Yeah, but it didn't. Ah, Johnson, you shouldn't talk like that. He can't help it. You know he can't. We should feel sorry for him, not joke about it like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. You gotta have sympathy for a guy like that. Just the same, I hate to look at it. Uh, I guess we'll have to look at it some more. I think he's coming up to the door now. Uh, uh good evening. Hello? Yes, sir. Uh, what'll it be? Hamburger and coffee. Make the coffee black. Uh, right. Make that hamburger well done. Okay. Oh, good evening. Evening. Yes, sir. What for you? Why, uh, I'll have, uh... Holy... How's that? Huh? Nothing. Nothing at all. I... In fact, I... I, I don't think I want anything. I just remembered uh, an appointment. Uh, just forget it. Oh, what do you know? Uh, your hamburger, mister. And your coffee. Ketchup, please. Okay. Still no bottle? No bottle. Sorry. Here. You go buy an extra bottle. Put it back on the shelf just for me. You gonna eat here some more? Yeah. I like this place. 
Go on, take that and see that you get some good ketchup, too. Well, it ain't that, mister. It ain't the money. You can't buy the stuff when they don't stock it. Well, you better ask Mr. Bailey. Uh... Oh, uh, Mr. Bailey. Oh, yes, Johnson. Oh, you tell him. I just gave your man some money to buy a bottle of ketchup. But he doesn't want to take it. Well, you see, sir, it's not that we can't afford to buy ketchup. No, indeed, we want to please the customer. Something a lot of people seem to have forgotten how to do nowadays, but ketchup's very hard to get just now, and we have to ask our customers to bear with us. Oh, you, uh, you keep your money. I like plenty of ketchup. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. Well, there ought to be enough in that paper cup. Won't uh, that do you? Well, not quite. Any chance of a refill? I'm afraid that's all we can allow. Gentleman says he's going to eat here regular. What? I said that... Oh, just so. Good evening. Hello there. Could I do something for you? Well, I sort of thought I... I... Oh, no. No, thanks. No, no. Well, we hadn't finished our discussion. Yeah. As I was saying, Mr. Bailey, it it looks like we got ourselves a regular customer. Okay. I like ketchup too, Lisa. Do you like ketchup? I don't. No? Nope. I like a lot of ketchup. I don't like any condiments. I really like a lot of ketchup on my burger and stuff like that. I don't, nope, nothing. And you know, it's funny. See, we're very different. <laughs> <laughs> like when I go to a nice restaurant and get a really good steak, I won't put ketchup on it, of course. Okay. But if I go to like a not a good restaurant and get a steak, right. like if it's not a good steak, like right. a, I mean, let's just say whatever restaurant and it's not like a Morton's or a Ruth Chris or, you know. I get it. You know. I will put ketchup on that steak. Well, here's the difference. Number one, I don't go to nice restaurants. And number two, what I do don't... What do you mean you don't go to nice restaurants? I don't restaurants? go to nice restaurants. Why? You go to nice restaurants. No, I seriously don't. Why? I don't go out nice. Really? Really. And, and number two, with Dan. I don't eat steak. I know you don't eat steak. I don't eat anything like that. So this, this guy likes work. a lot of ketchup on his food. Yeah. This reminds me of me. I love ketchup. Yeah. I hate mustard, though. Won't put mustard on anything. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm a ketchup I'm guy. Keep that in my list. I'm a I'm a I'm a Heinz ketchup kind of guy. I should do, I should be a spokesperson for Heinz ketchup. Yeah, it, that's how much I like it. Yeah, that's it's, it's <laughs> anticipation. And this is called short order from August sixteenth, nineteen forty five. Gerald Moore in the lead role, and uh, Gerald Moore, you will recognize that voice as the voice of Philip Marlowe on the Adventures of Philip Marlowe. We'll get back to suspense in just a few minutes. First, these. Make sure you check out the Classic Radio Club, folks. That's a club we created just for our listeners, and we have hundreds and hundreds of your fellow listeners are part of the Classic Radio Club. You can get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows sent to you each and every month via digital download or on five CDs in a collector case. In fact, I gave Mike his uh, his October, I know, I think his November collector uh, case today, Lisa, when he was here. He I, was all excited. Yeah, I can't believe it's almost November already. Oh, I know. I, know. I have the November CDs in. Well, I haven't gotten my digital downloads Well, for we November. do that like the 1st of November. All right. So if you, uh, if you join the Classic Radio Club, folks, you're going to get 10 of the greatest shows of all time every single month along with liner notes. And these are complete episodes, all the original commercials. There's nothing edited out of them. They're all digitally remastered. They sound incredible, like high-fidelity-sounding classic radio shows and all of these copious liner notes. 
And uh, it's it's so, so easy to join the club. Just go to ClassicRadioClub.com. And you're not roped in if you don't want to be part of the club after the first month or second month or third month, whatever. You can just cancel. It's super easy. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And you're going to get some great classic radio shows. Lisa gets them every single month. I do. And like I said, some of the shows are some of your favorites that you know and love and you can appreciate. And some of them are some shows that you may not have been exposed to and you You'll uh, hear a hidden gem, and you may just uh, open your mind a little bit to some shows that you didn't even know existed. Yep, ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, 12.33 here, uh, and we will be here till 1 o'clock in the morning. But the next week we'll be here, well, unfortunately, we only have an hour on Saturday, right? We're getting a late start. We have an hour on Saturday night. We'll only be on from 1 a.m. till 2 a.m. And I think that's then because of a Blackhawks game? That's a Blackhawks game. And then yeah. Brian Noonan will be on at 2 a.m., but that's daylight saving time, so it's actually going to be 1 a.m., and so he'll be on for four hours. Okay. And so then, he'll uh, be on at 2, but that'll be 1. He'll be on from 1 to 5. But on Sunday, we're on Sunday, we have a regular, regular, regular night. Time. And what do we have next week? I'm looking We've here. got two great shows on Sunday. So we have the Jack Benny program is our show for our one hour on Saturday night. On Sunday night, we have Dr. Christian and a great episode of Suspense coming okay, up. Okay, sounds good. But right now, it's time for the conclusion to Short Order, starring Gerald Moore on Suspense. Three evenings now that he's been eating here, Johnson, and I wish you'd take a look at the figures. Take last night. Ordinarily, there'd be 10 to $20 worth of business just between 6 to 6.30 alone. From 6 to 10, how much? $1.35. Yeah, I know. Some of them won't even order. Some of them take a few bites and quit. At least it's not the food. We can be thankful for that. Hey, tell me, Johnson, how can you stand it over there in front of him all the time? Oh, mostly I keep looking someplace else. That's why I took down the mirror. For a while, I thought I'd just work along and not look at him. But I couldn't help looking in the mirror every now and then. So I think maybe the customers could stand it better without the glass, too. If they get to the sitting down stage. Yeah, if they do. Well, anyway, I took it down. Might help if you didn't get up every now and then and walk over to the door to look out. People can't help seeing him then. Yeah. Takes them a long time to eat, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Hey, say, I've got an idea. Uh, what's that? Look, when he comes in... Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, evening. Hello? Uh, yes, sir? The usual. Right. Oh, uh, by the way, Mr., uh, uh, <laughs> what's your name? Yeah, <clears throat> well, uh, as I was saying, neighbor, we, uh, we make a practice here for our special customers. Not just anybody, mind you, but for our special customers of, uh, of sending meals out. Uh, now, I was thinking, since you've become one of our regular customers, that perhaps you'd appreciate it if I'd send your evening meal over to you every day at your, at your room. <laughs> How does that strike you? No. Thanks. Rather eat here. But uh, we don't have any comfortable chairs. There's no jukebox, no radio. That's okay. Don't miss them anyway. That's not very comfortable. A lot of food odor in the air. You know, sometimes I get sick of it myself. I like it. Not too many people around. Nice place. Suits me. Oh, then you're not interested. That's the idea. Hamburger and coffee. How about... Yeah, the ketchup. Here it is. Good. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. By the way... Yeah? Look for me about noon tomorrow. 
I think I'll be taking lunch with you from now on. Every day. Johnson, I'm at my wit's end. What are we going to do? I don't know. I, I got no more ideas. Two weeks now. We're losing money every day. I could cook it so he wouldn't want to eat it. Well, you've tried that, haven't you? Yeah, twice. And it didn't work. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know what we're going to... Oh, just a minute, Johnson. Okay. I'll check on the bunch of things. All right. Hello, Bailey's Place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dear. Huh? Oh, no. Well, you must have misplaced it, honey. Every place? Well, how much was in it? Oh, no. Well, what are we going to do for the rest of the week? But I can't, honey. I really can't. Why, about three bucks or something? I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't... You know, it's, it's just dropped off during the last week. Oh, no, no, he's fine. Now, don't say that, honey. There's nothing the matter with Johnson. And I'm not going to get a new cook. What? Well, I haven't told you, but... Well, why don't you cut down on a few things once in a while? Oh, Johnson, is there any aspirin back there? Yeah, you want the bottle? Yeah, my head's splitting. Uh, here it is. Oh, thanks. Here he is. Hey, now look, I got an idea. You back me up? Well, what is it? Well, I'll try it, and if you don't like it, don't say nothing. Hello? Like I say, Mr. Bailey, this kid was a pretty game fighter. He didn't have a thing but a hard left. Mind if well, I butt in? I'd like to eat. Uh, you bring your lunch with you? What's that? If you brought your lunch, okay, lay it on the counter and eat it. Don't be funny, Johnson. Bring me the usual. I got other things to do. What other things? I don't see any other customers. Want me to call the boss? Look, mister, I don't like you, see? I'm tired of seeing you around. You go someplace else and eat. We'll see about that. Hey, Bailey. Uh, yes, sir, what can I do for you? This moron you call a cook says he won't serve me. Yes, well, do something about it. What do you want me to do? Tell him to serve me, or else have him fired. Well, Johnson's a good cook. Good cooks are scarce nowadays. What is this? Are you standing up for him? I just told you, good cooks are hard to get. What about customers? Well, it's too bad, but... I it... see. Well, look, both of you. I came in here to get something to eat. And we're going to get it. If I have to sit here all night. Suit yourself. Yes. Oh, I'll get it. Bailey's place. Yes, yes, dear, I am, but... What? Wrecked. Where? Were you in it? Were you hurt? Oh, in front of the house. Oh, I don't know what's happening, Virginia. It just seems every time... Well, I... of course, I'm glad you were in the house. Well, how bad was it? Almost a complete wreck. Well, could they find out anything from the driver of the other car? Did he have any insurance? Oh, they never do, do they? Well, no, I'm all right, dear. I'm just almost out of my mind is all. It's getting so I'm afraid to answer the phone. Well, we'll just have to do without a car, that's all. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, dear. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Mr. Bailey. Yes? Well, what's the matter, Mr. Bailey? Bad news? Oh, wrecked my car right in front of my own house. Had no insurance, of course. No money to pay. Oh, that's tough. Yes, sir, that's tough. Him, him, look at mm, him. Still sitting there, waiting. I'll have to think of something. So now I can't seem to think at all. Yeah, I'm stopped, too. Boy, you sure get the luck, don't you? Well, what's the matter? I never used to have luck like this, just just lately. Just 
just since he started coming in here. Yeah, could be. Looked like bad news right from the start to me. There he sits. We could get him out of here once and for all. Hey, wait a minute. You go to the door and see if Ryan's inside. If he is, call him in, will you? Oh, I wouldn't. Oh, okay. Right outside. Oh, Ryan, uh, would you come here a minute? Okay. Oh, Mr. Bailey wants to see you. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Bailey? See that man sitting at the counter, Ryan? Mm-hmm. I want him either arrested or thrown out of here. I don't care which. That's so? Giving you trouble, is he? Hey, you. You talking to me? Nobody else. Come here. What do you want? Ah, uh, Mr. Bailey, what's the charge? Well, he... Uh, um, making a nuisance of himself. What's this? All I do is come in here to eat. I'm making a nuisance of myself. I don't get it. Look at him, Ryan. I am. Not very pretty, is he? Officer, the law doesn't give you the right to criticize a man's face. I'm, I'm sorry, mister. Hello, Mr. Bailey. Every day he comes in here, two or three times. I can't get anybody else to come near the place while he's here. He stays and stays. He drives most of my business away. I have to eat. Same as anybody else. You doing anything bad? Get tough? Insult people? Disturb well, the peace? no. All I do is come in and eat. Look, we reserve the right to refuse service to any customer. Well, I don't know now, Mr. Bailey. It's all very well, but technically speaking... What do you mean? He means that even if you don't like it, you can't run me out if I run mine my own business. He means you can't run me out if I ask you to serve me. Well, how, how about that? Well... And if I ask for something to eat and offer you money for it, you've got to sell it to Oh, me. no, I don't. Oh, you'd better. Or I'll have you in court before you know it. Brady's right about that, Mr. Bailey. Well, all right. Sorry I can't help you, Mr. Bailey. Is there anything else? No, no. I'll be getting on, then. Night. Well, how about it? All right, all right, all right. Go sit down. Johnson, get him whatever he wants. Okay. I'm I'm not going to answer it. I'm not... Mr. Bailey, the phone, you, you busted I it. don't care. Mr. Bailey, put my gun down. What are you going to do? You see. Now, look here, you. I can be pushed just so far. Now, either you get out of this place and don't come back, or as sure as I'm standing here, I'm going to pull this trigger. Go away. I'm hungry. Did you hear what I said? I hear you. Now, go now, away. Now, look, I'm going to count three. One. Go away. Two. Three. Coffee. Black. I, I can't believe it. I shot you point blank. <laughs> Don't forget the ketchup, you. Well, you got the lay of the place now, Mr. Tanner. You figure on making any changes? No, no, Bailey had a good thing here. Better leave it just the way it was. We'll hold the trade easier if we do. How did he seem when the deal was closed? I can't say. I let the lawyers handle everything. He took a beating on the deal, or I don't know you. No, not too much. I figure he recovered about 70% of his investment. He was lucky. I felt sorry for him. You didn't talk to him at all, huh? No, no, no. Didn't even see him. You think he'd know you even without the makeup? Maybe. No use taking any chances, huh? Lucky I changed the bullets in that gun for blanks, or you'd be a dead pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I foresaw that possibility. You might say I saved your life, huh? You might. Don't worry, Johnson. You'll be taken care of. I'm not worrying. I never had reason to yet, have I? No. But just for your information, Johnson, we 
we haven't committed any crime. We didn't take this place away from Bailey by force. We didn't swindle him. I paid money right on the line for it. Just remember that. Oh, I will. Uh, customer. What? Why, it's Mr. Bailey. Oh, oh, come right in. Hello, Johnson. C- come on, have a seat. Uh, oh, by the way, you know Mr. Tanner, don't you? He bought the place. Oh, I never met him. Glad to know you. A pleasure, Mr. Bailey. You know, there's something uh, familiar about you. Maybe I did meet you someplace. I was in once or twice. Looked the place over before I had Sloan talk to you. Oh, that's it. Uh-huh. Well, how are you making out? Uh, just getting started. I'm sort of breaking Mr. Tanner in, you might say. Hope you had better luck than I did. I was doing fine until, uh, until this man started coming in. Johnson knows the man, I mean. Bad-looking person. If he ever comes back, you just better close up and go home. That's so. Yes, that's right. He... Well, it's a wonder I have any mind left. Tell the truth, I'm not even sure I do. Uh, Mr. Bailey, would you let me fix you something while you're in here? Huh? Oh, no, thanks. I'm not hungry. Ah, uh, we got some good steak. Oh, thanks, Johnson. Not even steak, no. Okay, you're the boss. Boss? <laughs> no, not anymore. But, uh, I would like to step behind the counter one last time just to <laughs> just sort of look around. Do you, uh, you mind, Mr. Tanner? Oh, come ahead. Thanks. Hadn't uh, changed anything, I see. Not a thing. We intend to operate the same way you did. I think it'll pay. Thanks for the compliment. But I hope you don't draw my luck. Uh, how about some coffee, Mr. Bailey? You look tired. Coffee? Well, that sounds like a good idea. I don't mind if I do. Uh, yours is cream and sugar, right? No, no, thanks. Black this time. Mm. Say, this coffee is hot. Yeah, I... I forgot to cut the burner back, and the whole tankful is plenty hot. I have to let it cool. It's too hot for me. Well, just one last look. Things I won't be seeing for a while, I guess. Buns, butter pats, coffee cream. <laughs> it's funny how you miss things like these. Mustard, ketchup. Ketchup? Where did you get all this ketchup, Johnson? Why, I... I ordered those. Ordered them? Well, so did I, but I never even got a look at a bottle of ketchup. <laughs> You're lucky. All in knowing how, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. I rather like it myself, you know. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. What? What, what was that? I... I said I'm rather fond of ketchup. Fond of ketchup? Ketchup? I think I know who you are now, Tanner. I think I know who you are. That, that face. Sure, that face. Makeup, wasn't it? That face. And Johnson had to be in on it with you, too, didn't he? Johnson helped you, didn't he, Tanner? He fixed the gun, didn't he? Well, didn't he, Tanner? Now, Bailey, wait a minute. I can explain. Now, you admit it. I'm telling the truth. Isn't that so, Tanner? Isn't that hey, so? Bailey. Hey, Bailey, stop! Oh, hold him off, Mr. Tanner. I'll get a cop. Police! Riot! Help! Police! Coffee. You always take it black. Don't do it. There's nothing wrong, Ryan. Nothing really wrong. That's not his real face, Ryan. He likes it that way. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> what else do you want? Oh, yes, ketchup. Plenty of ketchup. Nothing like ketchup, I always say. Nothing like Roma Wines have brought you Short Order with Joseph Kearns, Conrad Binion, and Gerald Moore as stars of tonight's study in Suspense. 
Suspense is produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. Next Thursday, you will hear Dane Clark as star of Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, there you have it. Suspense, August 16th, 1945. Short order starring Gerald Moore that was sponsored by Lisa's favorite alcoholic beverage. Roma wine. Roma wines. She's never goes, you never leave the house without it. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the house. Yeah. She likes Something her, like that. She likes the Roma wines. Uh, I don't, yeah, honestly, I don't think you can even find. I don't think they make Roma wines well, anymore. Well, before they they ended the production, I just <laughs> bought, bought the a, whole you rest bought of it. The whole. I've got the whole thing. Whatever was left of the Roma yeah. wine. Actually, I've got a special cellar in my house <laughs> built just to hold the wine. In all reality, because we're kidding, of course, but in all reality. Roma wines. I heard it was like a really terrible tasting wine. Oh no, it's delicious. It's delicious. It's delicious. It's yeah. a nice full-bodied red wine. <laughs> full-bodied. I heard it was not a very good wine. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, probably was like. Uh, it pa- goes down. What very was the one? Smooth. Orson Welles. Palmasan. Orson Welles. Sell no wine. I will sell no wine before it's time. Before it's time. <laughs> <laughs> 